0: That's funny. Well, how are you doing this evening? Good. Uh, I'm Ben. I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, it is. Uh, it was exciting last week to uh, to speak with some of our other pastors. If you missed that, uh, I encourage you uh, to check that out online. I think it is one of those important conversations that we have uh, in our society and in our church as we were talking about those things that can... Uh, divide us and how God has created really God created diversity but not division and so hope that you'll check that out Couple weeks, we have Easter. Uh, that is like the Super Bowl Sunday of church, and uh, we we have a few extra thousand people who show up. And hope that you, uh, yeah, you're going to be prepared for that in many ways. I'm already uh, preparing uh, my message for that. And one of the things I like to do is uh, really get a, a unique take on it. And especially as I've been listening to people and some of the. The questions that they have about life and faith, uh, I really, I, I really want that to be central and understand how Jesus and His death and resurrection are are the central answer to those questions. And so, hope that you'll come and you'll bring a friend. Uh, And the next week we are, uh, I'm closing out this series on the book of Ephesians, uh, Antisocial. And I actually was reading a a book in preparation for that, uh, talking about sort of, Uh, family dynamics and relationships uh, between husbands, wives, parents, and kids. And uh, there's a test in the book. And as I was uh, taking the test, I was uh, reminded of something that I saw a while back, of some funny answers that kids have had to questions uh, of tests that they've had. Uh, One, uh, this one I like, Uh, have you earned money? I earn money at home by I don't. I am a freeloader. (laughs) Isn't that great? That may be one of the first honest children. And then uh, this one's sort of mean. Bob has 36 candy bars. He eats 29. What does he have now? Diabetes. Bob has diabetes. (laughs) Okay, that's not a nice kid. Uh, Where was the American Declaration of Independence signed? At the bottom. What happens during puberty to a boy? He says goodbye to his childhood and enters adultery. <laughs> uh, and then finally, uh, this one. Uh, in geography, learn, we learn that countries round, uh, or with sea round them are islands, and without sea are incontinent. <laughs> no, that happens way into adulthood. So, <laughs> uh, well, uh, it's sort of funny as we think of uh, tests, and the answers can make us nervous, especially when they're their tests that not only reveal our knowledge, they reveal some things about us. I was reading a book called How We Love. I'm going to talk about that uh, next week. Uh, incredibly insightful. And it was, uh, it, it was describing how, how we love and how, how we were raised and our experiences uh, affect that. And it was describing the styles, and uh, I I was reading my style, and I didn't like it very much, and so I took the test again, and it said I'm an avoider, that uh, because of how I was raised in a chaotic home with a lot of, uh, not, not only conflict, but just chaos, is that I have this tendency where I'll want people to like me, but not let people really know who I am. And that can keep me sometimes from uh, the, the love I want and expressing love in meaningful ways. And s- sometimes when we understand the problems that we have, we can, we can get into a sense of despair or despondency. And we can say, oh no, that's, that's so horrible. See, I, I'm someone who looks at it from a more positive sense. If I know I have a problem... Uh, It didn't mean I created the problem. It just means I identified it. And then once I've identified that problem, I'm on the way towards a a solution. Because now I know maybe what's that thing in my life that's keeping me from God's best and what I want. In in this series, uh, Antisocial, today I I want to take a turn just for this one week. And I want to take a turn from moving from human relationships, and we've looked at so many things, and we will again next next week. I think is really probably going to be the best week of the series. And I want to look at that relationship that every person was created for, that relationship with God. Now, now you you are uh, maybe had the great. Blessing of being raised in a, in a church, in a religious environment Maybe, I'm sure there were bad, some bad things there because it's people But uh, I, I wasn't and so I came to this thing and I came to this relationship with God And uh, it was incredible and exciting Yet there, there have been times along the way Where there have been disconnects uh, Now I'm probably different than some of you Uh, And I was thinking, because I was thinking about uh, how can we be on the outs with God? Sometimes uh, people will be on the outs with God because they have doubts. And by the way, I don't think doubts are a bad thing. Doubts often are just faith seeking understanding. See, for me, uh, doubts don't shock me. Uh, I don't expect that an infinite God would be able to fit in a finite mind. I just, you know, if you look at that just from philosophy, forget the Bible, just philosophy and logic, you'd say, oh, well, well, of course. But for some of us, our doubts have caused us to be on the outs with God. A friend of mine said this, and I'm not going to get into this too much. I'm going to talk a little bit about this on Easter. Is sometimes, sometimes we need to doubt our doubts. And we need to say, okay, is, is, this, is this thing worth this disconnect? With God. There can be tragedy that can happen in our life. We can ask God, why did this bad thing happen? And I get it because I, we always want someone to blame, don't we? But it, as I became a Christian, as I read the Bible, this has been an area that has not been uh, hard for me. Because I know the the Bible didn't say that it'll all be roses after we accept Jesus. It does say that our sins will be forgiven, that we'll have an eternity with him, that we'll begin to experience life change. But there will be... Jesus actually said, in this world you will have troubles. It was one of the promises of him to you. Not one of the promises we usually put on a bumper sticker on our car. (laughs) In this world you will have trouble. (laughs) Uh, but, but sometimes that can I, I, get, I get what happens there. And I, I don't want to minimize the struggle that can cause you to be on the outs with God. So there can be doubt. There can be disappointment. Things didn't work out the way that we hoped it would. There can be all sorts of reasons... Maybe is that, that the Bible, and, and I've preached on this before, is that we had a faith, but it really wasn't a biblical faith. It was more of a I I I wish, I hope, but not based on the promise and the history and the facts that, that you really can have confidence in. That in an intelligent, in fact, I think the more intelligent you are, the greater confidence you can have in saying, hey, this really does make sense from every, every aspect. In fact, on Easter Sunday, I'm going to look at 10 non-Christian outside of the Bible sources that affirm everything we celebrate on Easter. Not because I I believe that's our authority, just because I just want you to know there's so much there and and you can uh, can have that level of confidence. And and so, so we have these... These things that can cause us to be on the outs with God. One of the things for me is when I make progress and I'm moving ahead in my faith, and then all of a sudden, it's not so much that God disappoints me, but that I disappoint me. That I, I'm like, Lord, you were you were working in my life and something happened along the way. And today, uh, I don't know what that would look like. And I hope, we have so many people who are brand new to faith and you're excited about your faith. And you know what? Live in that season because that's what God made you for. But some of us, we've gotten off track. We we even go through the motions. And and in the book of Ephesians, uh, if, I've given background the last couple weeks if you want to listen to sermons if you haven't been here. But, but I, I want you to, to go to our outline to Ephesians 2 4 and it says this but because of his great love for us God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ. See God God made you to be alive to full be full of joy in Jesus Christ And if you're there, like I said, you might want to understand, how did I get here and how do I stay here, how do I move along? And if you're not there, how can I get back? One of the the images that we use at Timberlake Church uh, is probably because I'm a very simple person is we call it our red dot moment. Uh, They still have these if uh, you ever uh, go to a mall, Right? One of the things I love—well, I, I don't love anything about the mall. Malls, to me, are a sign that there really is hell, and it'll be horrible. And so, <laughs> but the uh, so I'm not kidding—I hate malls. So the, uh, but I love Costco, and so, uh, and not just because I get a commission every time I say that. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, but when you go to the mall, it's so confusing. There's so many things there, and it's red dot. You are here. And for me, I'm a little directionally challenged. And I'm like, okay, I'm here, and it's very good, because I look at where here is, I look where I want to go is, which is usually the exit, but I can't, because I have a wife and two daughters, and so I'm gonna be in there for a few hours. For those of you who are raised Catholic, it's sort of like purgatory, that's what it is. <laughs> not quite heaven, but not quite hell, but sort of close. So, the, uh, and so I'm there, and I'm trying to figure out where do I wanna, where do I wanna go? And if you're in a place where you say, my red dot is in a place where I'm, I'm feeling sort of on the outs with God. I don't feel like I'm sort of where I want to be and maybe not where I used to be. Like I, that, to find that out is a good thing. To stay there, I would say is a foolish choice. Because you don't need to. And the Bible says, God created you to be alive with Christ. And, and so why the disconnect? In the book of Ephesians, I don't know if this is... And we're not told in the context of this letter if this was preventative advice, if this was a description of the past, or this was addressing a current reality, but... Uh, The person who God used to write this book of the Bible, uh, he he describes sort of that life of disconnect. And he says, so I tell you and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. Which, by the way, they were. That's just anyone who's non-Jewish. In futility of their thinking, they are darkened in their understanding, separated from life from God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality. So as uh, to, and by the way, sensuality is, that's the tame version they put in there. It's like all sort of like naughty stuff you shouldn't be doing. And so to indulge in every kind of impurity, they are full of greed. And so it's describing a life that you say, okay, that's definitely not a God-honoring life. That's, that, that's a life where you could see where a disconnect could happen between us and God, right? And so what I want to do is I want to unpack that. And, you know, I'm using my terms. These aren't Bible terms. But as I go through that passage, uh, what is it describing? Uh, And the first thing that it's describing is faulty thinking. Faulty thinking. It's sort of when we're we're not thinking straight. You ever get really stressed? You get pressured? You get fearful? You're not going to be thinking straight. You get around people too much and you start listening to too many voices that are not God voices. You're not going to be thinking straight. This can happen in our relationship with God. It can happen in our relationship with other people. Like I said, I'm going to talk about that even more next week. Uh, Dr. Henry Cloud, a psychologist who works with Fortune, not 500, 100 companies, a Christ follower, great guy. He works with corporate execs all over. He describes this kind of degenerative uh, type of thinking. And uh, he, he says, what we begin to think Uh, When we get to faulty thinking is it's uh, in relationship with other people is that it's all personal That whenever we go through something when something bad's happening uh, It's personal So uh, you friend someone on Facebook And a day goes by a week goes by a month goes by They don't answer your friend request You're like oh they must hate me They I, I must be a bad person Instead of maybe they don't check their Facebook very often, maybe they're doing all sorts of bad things and saying vulgar things and they're posting that on Facebook and they don't want you to see. That's what I assume if anyone doesn't accept my friend request. So, <laughs> might want to click yes. So, <laughs> uh, and then, but, and, then, and then we, but, and he says, and then we think it's pervasive when we go through difficulty, when we go through a dry time. Is that it affects everything. That, well, my, you know, in a relationship with God is, my, my quiet time is not going very well, which is sort of, I, I, quiet time is it's sort of this thing that I learned. Is to, now, I read the Bible every morning. Uh, I was, in this, you don't, you don't need to do, What I do, I was just challenged uh, 32 years ago now to read five chapters of the Bible a day, and so that's what I do. I read five chapters of the Bible today. I get through the Bible every two and a half years, and and that has been great. I always say just one chapter a day will keep the pastor away. (laughs) And so if you, but maybe you're reading the Bible and you feel like ah, it just is not making sense, and you're like maybe there isn't a God. Maybe you need a new version of the Bible. You know, maybe you're reading in the old King James and, and you just need something that's more applicable to your life. Or, or you have, you know, you have a bad day at work and then you're like, oh, I'm going to get fired. Uh, my life's never going to go well. I'm never going to be able to retire. My house probably has mold, you know. And we get in this, the, what I call catastrophizing. Uh, and some of you, you are prone to catastrophizing and uh, I can get there too and we we live out worst case scenarios and the funny thing is we say what we're doing is we're preparing ourselves, but all we're doing is adding incredible stress to our life and we're saying God probably won't show up when I need him the most and see that's uh, and, and then and then Cloud says, we also think that it's permanent, that, uh, that you know maybe if you're in a dry time that's stuck as the new normal. King David said when the 23rd Psalm, one of the best piece, known pieces of poetry on earth by Christians and non-Christians, is, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. This is David reflecting on his life. And he, he he's saying, though I walked through hard times, he knew he wasn't going to stay there. He knew that God had something for him on the other end. But but we can we can let ourselves get in this kind of thinking, and uh, it becomes a downward spiral. Uh, there's also what I call intentional ignorance, is that uh, that that we don't really learn what God says to us or even about us and we never live in the way he wants us to there's stubborn stupidity that's where I'm just stubborn I'm gonna just keep on doing what I'm doing Uh, I've been traveling a lot probably too much lately and uh, the conversations I have in on airplanes it's like i don't know i have i have two signs on me i must have signs that they put on me every time i board a plane one try to convert me because i've been tried to being converted uh by everyone i'm like you know i've pretty much chosen a team already you know and uh so and, and the other one is tell me your marriage problems and uh it's like i i do i mean i care I just want to care later. <laughs> That's what I want to do. Is I don't want to care when I'm trying to sleep or, or, or you know, watch Netflix or something like that. Uh, but, but it's sort of funny. And I'll, I'll talk to people. There's one lady. I, I can't share the details of it because it's a little, yeah, just too bad and a little raunchy. And uh, but just making some bad decisions. And I said, well, why do you keep on? Doing that, why don't you just say I'm? She, uh, just, it's gonna be what it's gonna be. Like that's that's kids. If, if you're Muslim, the kids met and you believe in fate and that you have no control. That might be part of your philosophy. It's, but for a Christian, we don't believe that. And then there's just simply bad behavior. Uh, because we've all done something uh, bad. We've all. Uh, we've all sinned. The, the, it, have, you ever heard, have you ever heard this from someone, or maybe you've said this, because maybe, maybe we've all said it or we've all heard it. Have you ever heard someone say, I really don't believe in sin? Anyone of you ever have that? No, not really? Okay, I hear it all the time. People, people uh, uh, say, that. yeah, I'm not sure. You know, I don't like this sin language. And the funny thing is, if you're an atheist, if you are an atheist and you're committed to never believing in God, you absolutely believe in sin. I know that's true. And because, because I've had conversations. Because you make judgments about what's allowable and unallowable in life. Sin literally just means missing the mark. And so when you hear someone, and, and uh, rightfully so, they make a racist comment, you're like, that's wrong. Well, why is it wrong? Is it just your opinion versus mine? Or is there some objective truth that tells me that every person is created in the image of God? See, that's the only difference between you and me, is that I have I believe every person is valuable because God says they're valuable, not just because it's your opinion against mine. We've seen the product of that around the world. Uh, and oftentimes what we try to do, and, and this we, we get in these seasons where we're disconnected from God. And often it's, you know, we're the ones who moved away, and we try to excuse, to cover up, to deny our bad behavior. One of the things, I I just made a decision a long time ago, is that that I'm not going to be fearful of looking dumb. I mean, I would not do what I do for a living if I was afraid of looking dumb, and so I admit uh, openly, I, something, we were out, friend, out, out, to do, out out to dinner with some really good friends last night, and uh, I, I forget where the conversation was going, but I, I turned to my wife she'd been working all day i'd been working all day, and I said, uh, "You won't believe uh, the stupid thing I did and uh, she looked at me like, "Yeah, I will <laughs> and so uh, so I, I said, "Well, what I did." is I was uh, almost out of gas and I had to go to the bathroom not a good combination and so I'm, I'm going to a gas station I normally don't go to I normally go to Costco gas because it's cheapest but I had to go and uh, to another gas station and I go in uh, it was an Arco so you less if you pay cash so I paid cash I went in used the bathroom went out my phone rang got on the phone and I'm like, okay. And then I walk out of my car, I get in, and I drive away. I did everything but fill it with gas. <laughs> and, uh, and I was down in Tacoma. And uh, my wife's like, well, why didn't you drive back? It says, well, yeah. I said, well, you know, it'd been like five or six minutes, and I'm pretty sure someone had used that gasoline. I got the opportunity to bless someone that day. And she goes, oh, that's so funny. By the way, I forgot to tell you, a couple days ago, I backed into our daughter's car. (laughs) So you waited for this moment, right? (laughs) In front of people. And so, yeah. See what I have to live with? (laughs) And so I said... Are you okay? No, I didn't say that at all. <laughs> I said, is the car okay? I can see you're okay. And anyway, it was sort of... But, you know, here's, here's the funny thing is we get so... We're, we're often so much in defense mechanism, we never make progress. We never move forward. We never get better. I mean, me, my life story is whenever I start to eat too much and I get overweight, the way I solve it is I don't go near scales. You know, it's like, hey, I'm the same. (laughs) But there's something about when I know where I'm at, and I bring it before God, that he can do a powerful work. And even if the problem is with God. so, So we read on in the book of Ephesians, it says, so it talks about sort of how we get this disconnect from God and it says that however is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and and I read that and that just hit me to the core because because there's been so many times where I uh, where I was doing so well and then I did poorly Uh, one my my college years uh, there was some time actually right before college, and just I, I just a couple t- couple seasons in my life where I made this these dumb decisions. And it's funny how we're talking. The, the series is called antisocial. It was always God, but it was always God using someone that brought me back. Sort of like we read in the parable of the good uh, or the the parable of the lost son, where it says he came to his senses. And I think for some of us, today is just one of those days where God is just saying, Hey, you're loved. Remember what I've done for you. Just like the parable of the, the, the father and the son. Remember, I'm still your father. I still love you. You know where home is. And today is one of those days where why don't you just sort of come to your senses. And if you know who God is, you're going to know what to do expect. And, and the, the hard part is this requires us. Now, remember, I'm an avoider. I told you about that. Uh, when I, I'll tell you a little more about that next week. And so I can be uncomfortable with saying, God, will you come really close because I need you close. I'm uncomfortable w- with people. I mean, that's one of the things when I became a Christ follower, and yeah, I'm around church people, and church people are a little more affirming, and they're, you know, where a guy will come up to you, and they're like, just, hey, friends, hey, I love you. And I'm like, ugh, don't say that. (laughs) I'm like, uh, you know, because if if it's, I love you, dude, I love you, man, I love you, homie, I'm okay with that. (laughs) But I love you. Uh, That's and and then there's because that closeness it changes it changes us that closeness with god it is transformational for you and for me and so so what i want to do is i want to consider how do we how do we get back if we're in a season of disconnect the first thing we do is we reaffirm tested truth uh, again we're going to we're going to look at that this Easter. Easter is April Fool's Day, which is sort of funny. I'm going to play off that a little bit. Uh, because we, there are some tested truths. There are some things that are, are true that it doesn't really matter what your opinion is. Because if you are looking at what experience, history, everything, you can say, I can believe in this. Uh, What are some, it says Ephesians 4.21, you were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. And what's the truth that's in Jesus? And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about some of the statements that Jesus makes uh, that we can know the truth that is in him. He, he says uh, this, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything I've learned uh, from my father, I have made known to you. So the truth is, what I, what I've, the tested truth, is that God wants to be my friend. That I don't need to live in this fear relationship. We also read, uh, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That God has done something on my behalf. That changes the nature of my relationship with God and even my own sin. Another truth is Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And and I know for some people that's like, oh, that's a pretty exclusive statement. You you know, it's sort of, if if you're in a burning building and there's one way out and someone says, this is a way out. Versus, I don't know. I'm going to just let you find which door leads you out of the building. Which one is con- the kind one? Is the one that's true. And then uh, John eight eleven it says uh, to the woman who's caught in the act of adultery. She, he says, then neither do I condemn you. After he'd sent them all away, go now and leave your life of sin that Jesus says I don't condemn you but you weren't made to live that way and you're never life's never gonna work out until you live my way and that leads to number two is to release some old habits Ephesians 422 it says to put off the old self and so whatever that looks like for you know that you're not alone when you do that it's okay not to be okay I've shared the story before of uh, Brennan Manning, who who passed away a couple of years ago. He was he was a priest, uh, also struggled with alcoholism his whole life, Could, had a hard time ever beating that one. And so he was gonna leave the ministry, sort of leave his faith, and and he was walking out of a chapel. Some another uh, person comes up to him, another priest, and says. Uh, uh, Brother Brennan, what's going on? And, and he told him, he said, I'm going to leave, priesthood, I'm going to leave my faith. And he said, you no, know, you're in the perfect place. You're going to learn what blessed are the meek is all about. It, it's okay not to be okay. But it's not wise to stay that way. And part of that is to develop a new attitude towards God. That God is for me. God's not against me. That, that, God, that God loves me. That even when it doesn't make sense. Transformational moment in, in my marriage for me, I think my wife's still waiting for hers, <laughs> but for me is, uh, I was, we were just in bed one day and uh, uh, she was sleeping and I just looked over at there and I'm thinking, you know, she has given the absolute best years of her life and everything to me. And, and it was a time where we were not getting along. I don't know what horrible things you would no, no, just kidding. But the, uh, and, and, and I realized when someone's given you their whole life, what ma- the response is one of love and how can, I, how can I respond? And we know that Jesus has done that for us. And so this is really to choose a better life. It's called to, in Ephesians 4.24, to put on the new self. And like, it's like any relationship where we make the choice, except we know that God has made the first move. And so what I want to do is, as you think about maybe those areas, your red dot, where that was today, where that is today, know that it only stays there if you, if you say, God, I'm going to... If it's distant from God, I'm going to stay there from you. But if you remember what he's done for you, and remember how much he loves you, and if you respond to that, it changes everything. And so what I want to do today is I want to end in communion, where we remember that Jesus loves us, that he went to the cross, that he gave his body, he gave his blood, that we can be forgiven and freed that we can be the people that God has created us to be and that honestly we hope to be. And whenever we have that, we're on the outs with God, it doesn't need to stay that way. Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church Podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.